0: Energy. We walked around for 35 minutes just in the parking lot looking for this car. The passion. UVM schedules the way they do to get as high a seed as possible in the NCAA tournament and to get as much tournament prep as they can because they're not going to get it from their league. The opinions on
1: all your favorite teams.
0: The organization should be taking care of Mac
1: rather than Matt taking care of the organization. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEV Radio.com.
0: What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas Show back at it after an off day right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV Radio.com. How, how coincidental. We get an off day, and the Patriots got an off day too, blown out by the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. We have a full show. We're going to need it. All 90 minutes right up until 7 o'clock, and then we kick it to Jazz with George Thomas. A ton to get to. We're going to talk with Bob Sosi, the voice of the Patriots. We'll do that at 5.45. We're going to unpack the Patriots in the 6 o'clock hour. That's going to come up about 6.25. There is some good news potentially brewing for the Boston Red Sox. We will get to all of it. You can get in on the Napa-Morrisville-Napa-Waterbury text line. That's 802-585-3026. That's your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. Again, 802-585-3026. You can also watch the show live on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and on my Twitter account as well.
2: Five, four, three, two, one.
0: And here we go. The opening thoughts of the Brady Farka show were brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. The Patriots quarterback situation right now is very, very messy. Now, the Pats were blown out by the Bears 33-14. The Pats are now under five hundred. It's a terrible loss against what has been a terrible team. We're going to unpack the game, all of that, in the 6 o'clock hour. But until then, I'm going to talk quarterbacks. And I'm going to try to remain calm. And I'm going to try to remain rational. But as I do that and as you text in, you're going to hear me utter these two words a lot probably in the next 15 minutes before Bob Sosie comes on. One is messy and two is confusing. What Bill Belichick is doing right now at the quarterback position is very, very confusing. It's very messy. And to me, it is also very, very problematic. And for a guy who has gone his entire career, he's gone out of his way his entire career to be buttoned up and to have every base covered, this seems to me that it is very problematic and it's very different than what we have always seen from Bill Belichick. I'll be straight with you. I don't know exactly what happened last night. I, I think there are a lot of people That don't know what happened last night. What I'm going to do now. Is run down the list of options. Because I think there are five things that potentially happened last night. But the Patriots continue to not tell us things. So therefore, we still don't have a good idea today. Okay, number one is this. Bill Belichick said after the game. That... The plan all along was for two quarterbacks to play, both Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. He also said there were no communication issues with that point. Okay. Well, after the game, Ramondre Stevenson, the team's starting running back, told the Providence Journal he didn't know that Bailey Zappi was going to play. Jacoby Myers. Arguably, your team's best wide receiver. He made it known that he didn't have an idea that Bailey Zappi was going to play. And heck, Bailey Zappi himself pretty much, he didn't say it explicitly, but if you listen to what he said and read his body language, even he felt like it felt like he didn't know that he was going to play. So, Bill Belichick says the plan all along was to play both quarterbacks, yet, multiple pieces on the Patriots' offense were not clued in. So what is that all about? I know Belichick always says, do your job and don't worry about my job or whatever. So maybe he didn't want to bring in more people than he needed to. But don't you think that the starting running back, and the starting receivers, and the offensive line, don't you think they would want to know who their quarterback's going to be, what the plan is going to be, and don't you believe that they deserved to know? Wouldn't it be good for them to have a clue? Bill Belichick says that this was communicated well. Well, if it was only communicated to Mac and nobody else, then that seems like an issue to me. And that becomes very confusing to me. Given all we know about Bill Belichick, this lack of communication to the entire team would be stunning to me because we know that Belichick has always gone out of his way to have every possible scenario covered. So maybe Belichick told just Mac that seems problematic. Maybe Belichick told Mac and Zappy, and Zappy played dumb in the postgame show or in the post-game press conference. But if only that room knew... It still seems messy and confusing to me. Let's move on here to part two of this whole thing. Bill Belichick also said after the game that the re that part of the reason why the plan of playing both quarterbacks was because of Mac Jones' ankle.
2: Well, I believe he told ESPN that the intention was to play both quarterbacks in this game. Was that
0: because of Mac Jones' health? Yeah, that was a factor, yes. So Mac Jones' health was a factor. He wanted to play two quarterbacks, and Mac's health was a factor. So maybe Bill Belichick just didn't trust Mac Jones was healthy enough to play a full game. Okay? So then why was Mac Jones fully cleared by the medical staff? I understand the idea of a pitch count, right? We see that all the time in sports. A guy can throw three innings, but not six innings. The guy can play DH, but he can't play in the field yet. A guy can play 10 minutes in the NBA, but not 25 minutes. We do see the idea of a pitch count. We do not see the idea of a pitch count at the most important position in the sports landscape. We do not see pitch counts at quarterback. If you are cleared to play quarterback, you are supposed to be able to do everything that the position entails. And if Mac Jones couldn't do all of that in Bill Belichick's estimation, then Bailey Zappi should have just started. Because once again, I am confused. I am confused. If Mac was not healthy enough, if Bill was worried about Mac getting injured again, then he should have been put on IR. If Bill was worried about Mac not being healthy enough to play all 70 snaps or all 80 snaps or whatever, then he shouldn't have been out there period. We do not see pitch counts at the quarterback position. This is not, you know, game 81 of 162 in baseball. This is the quarterback position. We don't see pitch counts. And I'm confused, frankly, by Bill Belichick's transparency to ESPN. Bill Belichick won't tell us anything, but he tells ESPN that the plans to play both quarterbacks. I, I just, again, confusing, perplexing, problematic, all of it. Let's look at possibility number three. Let's just say. That Bill Belichick wanted to get Mac Jones work before a very important Jets game, right? The Jets are coming up. Bill wants to get him work. The Jets are good. Let's get Mac's feet wet, but let's not throw him right into the fire. If that is the case, then I am shocked and confused to see Bill Belichick treating the game against the Bears like it's preseason game number two. Bill Belichick is the king of not looking ahead. Bill Belichick is the king of not disrespecting your opponent. Did he really think that he could play Mac Jones briefly and then just roll to a win because it's the Bears? That doesn't seem like Bill Belichick, does it? Did he think that this team could take a, you know, take the first quarter and let Mac get the cobwebs off, and then all of a sudden Zappy and the defense would carry him over the next three? Did he really think that? Bill Belichick never looks past opponents. Did he look past the Chicago Bears? Because if he did, that would be confusing. Again, confusing is the word. Perplexing is the word. I mean, messy is the word. All of it applies. There's possibility number four, and I think we're getting warmer here. There's possibility number four. There's a possibility that Mac Jones begged Bill Belichick to play. Is there not? Mac Jones could have gone to Bill Belichick and said, hey, I want to get in there, Coach. I'm busting my tail. I want to play. I want to shake the rust off. I want to be out there for my guys. I don't have to play the whole game if you don't want me to. I I, I don't have to, but let me in there, Coach. Come on, let me put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. Maybe Mac Jones did that. But if Mac Jones did that and Bill Belichick acquiesced, well, when have we ever known Bill Belichick to put a player's needs or wishes before the team? If Bill Belichick let Mac Jones persuade him into playing, even just a little bit, it would be possible, but it would again be confusing. It would be confusing. I could see Mac begging to play. Does not mean that Bill Belichick has to acquiesce. Bill Belichick has never acquiesced. He's always done what is, quote, best for the team, and Bill's got to know that being best for the team is not playing both of his quarterbacks and creating what was created yesterday. And then there's just number five. There is just the possibility that the Patriots flat-out benched Mac Jones, that Mac Jones played three series through one bad interception, and Bill said, I've seen enough, I'm going back to Bailey's Zappi. To which case I remain confused at why Mac Jones' leash is so short and why that, you know, and look, after the game, Mac Jones didn't seem to be angry by what, by what happened. Mac Jones didn't seem to be dejected by what happened. He didn't seem like a guy who just had his job taken from him. So I, I don't believe that Mac Jones was just out and out benched Because Mac didn't have the emotion of a guy who just lost his job. But all of these are possibilities, and we don't know the answer. Again, messy and confusing. All we've done is muddy the waters, and to me, it all seems very, very unnecessary. Alex in Moncton says, Belichick is playing chess to your checkers. Every damn year, the sky is falling in New England, and then November comes. That's not true, Alex, because last year the Patriots, actually the Patriots are 2-7 in Mac Jones' last nine starts. Now, I, I like Mac. I don't love Mac. I've said that a million times. I like Mac. I do not love him. They're 2-7 and seven in his last nine starts. So while November might have gone well for the Patriots last year, December and January did not. So what we are seeing is is actually worrisome. Last year, right in December, they got smoked by the Colts. They got beat by Buffalo twice. They got rolled by Buffalo in the playoffs. And now it's carried into this year where they were beaten on opening day by Miami. I mean, it has been ugly now for a while for the Patriots. So I don't think this is a case of chest to checkers. I think this is a case of what the hell is happening and what the hell is going on here. And I do think that what's happening is problematic because the fact that I just laid out multiple scenarios and we still don't have a good answer, I I don't know. I, we don't have a good answer as to what happened last night. Bill Belichick won't vouch for Mac Jones. He won't say that Zappy is his guy, so neither one of them know what's going on officially. We don't know. The team doesn't know. The Plans are not being communicated. Yes, this is not a good thing. Um, has Belichick ever had to deal with this situation much? Brady has always been under his wing. Well, he's always had a guy, that's for sure. Now, at one point, he... Benched Bill Belichick or uh, benched Drew Bledsoe—that's for sure. So he's dealt with a quarterback losing his job, and he's dealt with the fan outrage and backlash from it, and a popular backup, and all that. It's been a long time, but I still—I just don't think the, the communication really grates on me here. I—I I don't know that the quarterbacks knew the plan. That would bother me. The running back in the receiver room—they don't know the plan. That bothers me. The offensive line is not made aware. That bothers me. Both quarterbacks are trying to figure out where they stand, and neither one of them has a definitive answer. And no matter how you slice it, I don't love what Belichick is doing here. Either he's a poor communicator, and that's problematic for a head coach, or he is letting his player persuade him to play at what is not the right decision for the team. That's a problem. He's benching a guy after just three series. I think that would be a problem. Or he, you know, he, he just – it just all seems, like I said, it all seems messy to me. It all seems – and if you're giving the guy work, you know, just for the sake of getting work in, this is, this is not preseason game three. You don't remember that line from the movie Miracle? You're treating this like some throwaway game in Rochester – that's what Belichick might have been doing yesterday, and that's a problem, too. We've got the voice of the Patriots, Bob Sosi calling in here. He was there last night in Foxborough. So let's get the Bob music going, and then we'll bring Bob on in here. So uh, let's see. Do we uh, do we have that, everybody? Here we
1: go. The old names are gone.
2: Brady takes the snap. Fire Fires left. Catch made by White. Turns to the inside. Dives across the goal line. Touchdown, Patriots!
1: But there's new hope in Foxborough.
2: Stevenson with a great run to the outside.
0: Still on the go. Go for, go for Andre Stevenson. Trying to go wire wire.
1: Second touchdown. For the latest on the Patriots, we talk to the voice of the Patriots, Bob Sosi on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEV Radio.com. Before I bring
0: Bob in, another text says, 20-plus years of Bill not communicating with the media and you're still outraged. That's on you, not on him. No, that's that's not what this is about. That's not at all what this is about. His starting running back doesn't know who the quarterback is. His starting receiver doesn't know that Bailey Zappi is going to play. His starting offensive line, his starting center, doesn't know who he's snapping to. Those are the problems. I could care less if Bill Belichick tells Tom Curran, Phil Perry, or me who the quarterback is going to be. But when his team is confused, that is a problem. Now I welcome in Bob Sosie the voice of the Patriots. Bob, thank you for being with us. Another great call yesterday, despite a ugly game two call. So uh, we appreciate your time as always. How are you?
2: I'm good, Brady. Good to be with you despite the disappointment of Monday. Uh, really a, a difficult night all the way around for the Patriots in every way.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate you being with us as always. And, you know, I think last week the word everybody wanted to attach to the Patriots quarterback situation was controversy. And I didn't see it that way. I think today the way to describe it is messy. How messy do you think the Patriots quarterback situation is right now? <laughs>
2: Well, uh, I, I think that uh, it, it's messy enough that the word controversy uh, certainly, I think, has more uh, pertinence and uh, relevance to the situation than it did a week ago or two weeks ago, only because of the way last night played out. Max starts the game, uh, you know, under murky circumstances. <laughs> I was thinking kind of with that theme on a foggy, drizzly night. And, uh, you know, with both quarterbacks uh, along with the team, uh, you know, uh, and the rest of us, uh, seemingly in the dark for some time until uh, you know the late decision to go with Mac. he starts. It doesn't go well for the Patriots right from the very first play, opening kickoff. Marcus Jones takes it back. He's tackled inside the 20, a four-starting four field position. The first run basically goes nowhere. Uh, the first completion goes essentially nowhere. And then, uh, you know, the first of a number of penalties, though it was offset, kind of sets the tone before the quarterback you know, runs short of the first down marker. And, and now you punt it away, the Bears take the lead, they build on the lead, Mac uh, finally gets into a, a little bit of a rhythm, it seems, turns the ball over, the, the uh, crowd's chance of zappy, zappy. Bailey comes in, it's, it's a 10 nothing game, the Patriots get a lot of life offensively, they start to play better in the other phases too, at least on defense, with an interception by Miles Bryant, sandwiched between a pair of uh, touchdown drives, and now the Patriots have a 14-10 lead, uh, but uh, that energy subsided in a hurry. The Bears took control late in the first half. Uh, they had a late score, followed by a turnover and another add-on field goal. Then they come out in the second half and really dominate uh, the course of play over 240 yards rushing. You know they couldn't get off the, the Patriots couldn't get them off the field on third down. And uh, at the same time, of course, uh, you know Bailey had a tough second half in comparison to really the spark he gave them in the first half and. Now you have less than a full week to go into New York and prepare for the Jets.
0: You know, Mac, as is typical, said all the right things after the game. He said he knew the plan was for both quarterbacks to play. ESPN indicated that's what they were told. Did you, as you went through the week, have any sense that both quarterbacks were going to figure into the game plan?
2: No. Yeah. I mean, I I don't. You know, it's funny. I just followed the reporting uh, that was coming out of Foxborough, and and I think there was, you know, it was pretty clear that. Uh, There was no final decision uh, that was going to be made until, you know, the 11th hour, essentially. And uh, my sense was, based on the reporting, that if Matt cleared health-wise, if he was good to go, uh, particularly when Ian Rappaport reported yesterday morning that he had taken all the first team snaps on Saturday, my sense was, that okay, if he's cleared medically, he's going to be the guy on Monday night. Uh, Then I was a bit surprised by the initial reporting, uh, which really continued throughout the day, Uh, that the Patriots expected him to play, but there was no clear designation as a starter. And then, you know, the reports kind of uh, uh, shifted a little bit in in suggesting that both quarterbacks were expected to play. And when we saw Matt, you know, come out, my, my thought, we talked a little bit about off the air as well, you know, and and Troy Troy Aikman was on a pregame show and talked about it as well. uh, that likening the situation to the Cowboys and Dak Prescott in their game this past weekend, there was likely to be some less. And my thought was the worst thing that could happen tonight is for Matt to come out and struggle, particularly if there's an early turnover and for the bears to take the lead. And that's exactly what happened. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly is what happened. Pat's beating 33-14. They fall under five hundred again. Joining us now, voice of the team, Bob Sosi. You heard his call right here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, Bob, I, I know this is, you know, not show friends. It's show business. And I know they're pro athletes and they're not, you know, mentally they're supposed to be tough, etc. I, I don't always buy that. I think people's emotions are a very real thing. Do you worry about, I don't want to say max psyche, that's probably a little too strong, but do you worry? about the effect that last night's events might have on Mac?
2: Well, I think you, I mean, to me, you you can't be human and and not at least think about that. Uh, You know, what's what's the level of concern from the outside? I don't know, Mac, uh, you know, well enough to, to, you know, really have a a sense of where he is. Psychologically, I just imagine that it's not a good place after you know, the, the, the start of the season, considering how much he invested in it. And I think you heard that from players in the locker room, particularly Jacoby Myers with uh, the comments that he made after the game with uh, Brady. And, and for me, I mean, I, I look at it through really two lenses. One is the, the play-by-play guy who paints the picture and describes what's happening and tries to give you the story uh, through my words of what's taking place in a game. But at the same time, that story is informed by you know, my perspective as a, as a person. And, I, you know, I have mixed emotions in the situation. I don't have skin in the game, as they say. I mean, I think there's a lot of things to like about both young quarterbacks uh, as they are uh, as players, as they are as people. Uh, so for me, I think, you know, watching that situation unfold as it did last night and, and listening and, you know, understanding the nature of professional sports and the nature of our business, it's not going to get any easier. <laughs> if that's for sure. And somehow, some way, Matt Jones has got to find a way uh, to regroup individually. And the Patriots have to find a way to regroup as a team. It goes beyond the quarterback situation. Last night was a thorough whipping in every phase. It wasn't just the quarterback, as we talked about. The Bears ran all over them. The Bears had a lot of success on third down. And the Bears defensively in the second half created a lot of problems. And I think that you're going to see teams now with more evidence of a greater body of work of Bailey Zappi, you know, they're going to get their hands up in the passing lane and they're going to make it tougher for that short quarterback to complete the balls. And we're going to see more deflections. So the Patriots have got to counter of course.
0: Yeah. You know, you're right. It was a failure in all facets, right? It wasn't just the quarterback, the defense, as you mentioned, and I guess this all goes hand in hand when you turn the football over and when you can't get off on third down, this is going to be the case. I just feel like in the second half, especially, I feel like the Patriots never even had the football. I mean, the Bears ran, what, like 30 more plays than the Patriots or something yesterday? I feel like the Pats never even had the ball in the second half.
2: Well, you know, they turned it over late in the first half. And, you know, from that point on, after the Bears took the lead, they go in front 17-14. to 14. And the Patriots, very early on the next possession, turned it over. You're right. It, it seemed like the ball, it seemed like people, it seemed like make it, take it. Yeah. You know, and the, and the old blacktop uh, <laughs> uh, where the Bears, were, <laughs> the Bears were scoring and got the possession right back. On the ensuing series, you know, the couple of interceptions, of course, factored into that, uh, the the inability of the offense to move. And, you know, I think there are greater concerns, too. And we're talking about the quarterbacks individually and you know, psychologically, and as well, I think, for the team. But the greater concerns ultimately are physical. And when you talk about the Patriots, okay, they went into the last night without Isaiah What Problematic is, you know, his play, and particularly the penalties, have been, and, and, and some of the whiffs have been early this season for him. Now you're down to tackle. By the end of last night, they lose David Andrews, and you know, who knows, you know what lies ahead for him in the next week. But seeing, you know, the captain of your offensive line and the leader of that group, which had been playing well before last night, seeing him exit in that fashion, and looking at the body work last night from Trent Brown, it was not a good game for him to say the least. You know, going up against a very good pass rusher and Robert Quinn from the start. Uh, played by a couple of holding calls early, a false start. but There's another penalty on uh, uh, a tripping call uh, later in the, in the game. You know that that's a rough night for that group, and that had been one of the bright spots for the team of the course the last couple of weeks. And now they got to go up against the Jets and Quinn and Williams and that defensive line.
0: Yeah, the Jets are certainly one of the surprises of the NFL right now. They're five and two. They just beat Denver, and you know they lost Brees Hall, but they go get Robinson from Jacksonville. And as, as you anticipate this matchup now in a short week, what exactly do the Patriots need to be focusing on to get ready for a for an opponent that's all of a sudden a lot better than we were expecting?
2: Well, I think a lot of the focus has to be internal. You know, you certainly have a pretty good idea what you're going to see from the Jets schematically. Uh, they got a young quarterback who struggled. He hasn't played well uh, this year, uh, but the Jets have a mojo over about them right now. You know, it's certainly a, a much better vibe than, than in years past, even with all the injuries uh, they've sustained. Uh, I think what the Patriots have to try to do in this game is just they've got to be fundamentally sounded. Um, they, ha- they have to protect the ball. I mean, I mean cliches, Brady. they got to do to uh, Zach Wilson. And some of the things they did to him early last year when, when they had him rattle, mm-hmm. turning the ball over. But I think it just it gets back to, back to basics at this point. Uh, particularly, you know, we, we talk about injuries to Kyle Duggar, uh, banged up last night with an ankle injury. He had to leave the game. And this is the second time now over the course of the last month or so where he's been banged up. And, and there's, you know, the, the Patriots uh, saw Adrian Phillips being attended to again last night. You got some guys playing into this stage of the season. They're being up a little bit. And they're going into New York and they've got a short week, uh, you know, the bruised as they are. As we've talked about, they've got to regroup. At the same time, you know, the Jets are going to have a chip on the shoulder. Again, even though they're depleted in, in many ways, you mentioned the Hall entry, there are others. They've been beaten by the Patriots every game they've played since 2015. And, you know, this year at the end of the AFC East losing streak, I think they lost 12 in a row yeah. within the division. And they got a very emotional, excitable coach. And they're going to have a very emotional, excitable crowd on Sunday in the Met. A lot different than the recent visits we've made down to MetLife Stadium. Uh, So I I think the Jets have to feel they're in a lot better place today. The Patriots have to just put themselves in a better place going in.
0: Patriots three and four. They'll look to get back to five hundred next week against the Jets, and we will have that game for you right here on WDEV. Our coverage beginning at ten a.m. on Sunday, and you'll hear Bob Sosie and Scott Zolak on the call as you do every Sunday here on your home for Patriots football. Bob, we appreciated a tough Tuesday, a tell the truth Tuesday, and you painted the picture well. So we appreciate it, and we will uh, talk to you again in uh, seven days. Bye. Absolutely. Good thing we cut Bob when we did because I think his phone was just starting to go at the end, although I, uh, I'm i pretty sure I screwed up. I'm looking at the sports calendar now. We don't have the Patriots game on this Sunday. We have nearly every game for the rest of the year, except this week we got NASCAR, so don't tell Bob no Pats game this Sunday. But uh, Pats-Jets will certainly be an interesting one. Look, it's going to be a big game, but before we can focus on the Jets, the Patriots got to get their own house in order. I mean, it's just, it's that simple. Bob's right. Like, it is mind-blowing what's happening at the quarterback position, but the defense was a mess as well. The The whole operation last night was a failure, and I find it Bob had no idea about the quarterbacks. ESPN got told the quarterback plan, and the voices of the team didn't. Now maybe that's because Zolak also has a radio show, and Belichick doesn't want to give the radio show any fodder there, and maybe there's he's got to give more to ESPN because they're a league partner. I I don't know, but the fact that Bob had no idea, I find I just find that interesting too. Like you don't just hear things around the complex. Bob had no idea. the the, the whole thing it just reeks to me. The players don't know what's going on. the the local media have no idea what's going on. And, and I don't know what Belichick is doing in this case. And it was all, whatever he did last night, it absolutely backfired on. A couple of interesting texts I'll get to after the CBS national news update. And then I'll tell you something else I'm worried about, and that's Mac Jones' mental state. We'll talk about all of it next on DEV. It's on the text line at 802 585
1: 3026. Now it's back to the Brady Parker Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEV Radio.com.
0: Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Reminder, the full show podcast will be available after the show, as will our interview with Bob Sosi They'll be available on our Spotify and Apple Podcast channels. Just search for the Brady Farkas Show there again, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and at WDEVradio.com. I'm going to talk about Mac Jones' mental state in a couple of moments here, but I want to answer a text that I got in from Lewis in Brandon who says, Brady, how do you think Robert Kraft feels about all of this? Lewis, great question. We're going to get to that in about 10 minutes, but I'm going to take this text now. This is Pete from Fairfax. What do you think honestly happened at the quarterback position yesterday? Honestly, I feel like this is what went down. I feel like Bill Belichick and Mac Jones came up with an agreement. Clearly, I believe the entire team was not in on the agreement, but I think that Bill Belichick and Mac Jones tried to devise a way to get Mac some real work in and get him some real reps in. And I believe they knew about it, but not really anybody else did. The team clearly didn't know about it. I don't even think Zappy knew about it. This is just me reading the tea leaves, right? After the game, Zappy he didn't seem like he knew he was going in. His teammates definitely didn't know he was going in. And after the game, Mac Jones didn't seem that upset, right? Mac Jones didn't have the look of a guy who lost his job. Mac Jones didn't have the look of a guy who was ticked off at his coach for taking him out. Mac Jones didn't look like a guy or sound like a guy who was resentful of his situation, right? When Cam Newton was playing poorly, it was head down, it was shoulders slumped. Mac didn't have that. In fact, Mac supported his head coach if you think your head coach has screwed you you're probably not saying this
1: we had um a good plan as always just to you know go throughout the week and figure out what we want to do for the game and coach belichick was very good about communication and um felt like i was good to play and um, we had a good plan there and just obviously didn't play well enough there so look max being
0: very complimentary it leads me to believe that he was aware of what was happening yesterday. Nobody else was, and that's a problem. But if you're asking me, Pete, what I believe, I think Mac Jones and Bill Belichick had an agreement where they decided that Mac was going to play, where Mac was going to get reps, where Mac was not going to play the entire game. Mac, I think, was appreciative of being out on the field. I think he was grateful for being out on the field. And I think after the game, that's why he didn't have reason to take Bill Belichick to task. Um... I disagree with it. I believe that because Mac Jones was cleared medically, if he was going to be out there at all, he should have been trusted to be out there for the entire time. I also believe that the Patriots should have committed to Mac for the entirety of the day. I mean, look at Dallas, right? Dak Prescott starts. Cowboys let Dak get the rust off. First half against the Lions. They're losing, what, 6-3 to three in the first half against Detroit, a one-win team. Come out in the second half. Force a couple turnovers. Dak drives a couple of tu- uh, leads, a couple of scoring drives. Boom! They win 24 to six, and off we go. That's what the cow. That's what the Patriots should have done. They should have done what the Cowboys did with Dak. That is what I am thinking. So Pete, that's what I believe. The team was not in on it. Mac and Bill knew what was going on. I think the Patriots inappropriately treated this game like game two of the preseason, as opposed to. Week 7 of the highly competitive NFL when you need a win. And I believe the Patriots handled it completely wrong, but that is what I think happened. Let's talk, though, about Mac Jones's mental state because there is a chance that I'm wrong, right? That I believe that Mac was in on this, but there's certainly a chance that I'm wrong. There certainly is a chance that Mac Jones was just outright benched and there's certainly a chance that Mac Jones afterwards just said all the right things because he's a true professional that there that chance absolutely exists and if that's how that went down I would be worried about Mac Jones's psyche after the game because if Mac Jones comes back like like look look at what Mac has done here he busts his tail. Everybody says he's out four to six weeks. He busts his tail to get back in the extreme minimum amount of time possible. He works his tail off to get back. He puts it all on the line for the team. He never goes on IR. He never really even misses practice. He's just, he's always at practice. Even if he's hobbling around, he's there. He's doing it for the team. He's doing it as a leader. He's doing it as a captain. So if I'm Mac, I'm thinking to myself, I put myself out there. I put myself on the line with an effort to be able to play. And here's what happens to me. I get given 3 series, which is ridiculous. I get to throw 6 passes, which is ridiculous. I make one mistake and my and I'm benched. And in the meantime, I need to then hear my fans who once cheered for me calling for my backup. If Mac Jones is not in on the agreement, if there is no agreement and Mac is just outright benched, it's going to be very hard to come back from that mentally. And Matt Castle, former Patriots quarterback, knew that after the game at the end of the day it was a quick hook and now it's a mess now there is a controversy on your hand and you've got to explain that to the team to the media so there's so many question marks surrounding these two guys who's going to play next week but what they did do is shake mac jones confidence and if you wanted him to go back in the game now now it's going to be you know very interesting to see how he responds and see how this team responds to the situation again if i am right and Mac Jones knew he was playing a limited amount of snaps or a limited amount of series, then it's a little easier to get over everything because you're seeing the big picture. But if Mac Jones was just benched, then Matt Castle is exactly right. You've had your confidence shaken, you're now playing scared, you're now wondering where you stand in the organization, and you're now thinking the fans have turned their back on you. And that's very difficult as a position to be in. And Peyton Manning said it on the Manning cast last night on ESPN 2 and I agree with him completely. It is very hard to play quarterback in the NFL when you are constantly looking over your shoulder. Quarterback is not a position that you can play and play well when you are scared and when you are fearful. And if Mac Jones was just outright benched, which we still don't know, but if he was just outright benched, that is the situation that you have created and that is a situation that is untenable for Mac Jones in which case i feel bad for him i get it right i use this line with bob soci it's show it's show business not show friends and there are no brownie points just for being a good guy but i feel bad if that's the situation that mac jones is in if he busts his tail and when he comes back he expects to play and then he gets just given three series and gets one mistake and he gets the hook in the favor of a kid who went to Western Kentucky a year ago. I would be irritated and I would be upset and now I'd be now I'd be concerned. And Peyton's right. You cannot play quarterback in the NFL when you have those emotions and when you're playing the position out of fear. Think about it like any. Think about it like your career. If if you went to work every day. And the boss is talking about you as you walk by, and they're having closed door meetings, and you know they're talking about you. Are you going to be at your best? Probably not because you're constantly worried. Think about it like a relationship. Somewhere someone is driving. One of you out there driving has had this scenario where a significant other says to you, You know what? One more screw up, and I'm leaving you. One more time that you do, one more mess up, and I'm gone. One more mess up and I'm gone. And then you're start thinking, "Well, okay, I got to walk on eggshells. Now I got to be perfect. I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't make them mad. I don't want them to leave me, etc." And you're you're just living in a place of fear. You can't play this position in that way. I hope that I am right. I hope that Mac Jones and Bill Belichick had a handshake agreement that Mac would get some work in. I disagree with it, but I hope that I am right and that the fault here is on Bill Belichick for not taking the game seriously enough and for not communicating to his team. But if I'm wrong and Mac is just benched, then there are real problems here from a mental standpoint, I think, for Mac Jones because it would be a very, very tough way to live if you're just thinking about, okay, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. I mean, that leash was incredibly short. Three series, six passes, one of which was a drop by Damian Harris that was wide open. If that's my leash and I'm Mac Jones, I am very, very worried moving forward. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Now I want to answer the text I got from uh, Lewis from Brandon about Robert Kraft. I think this whole situation continues to prove my point from earlier in the offseason. I'm going to say this very clearly, and I'm going to look into the camera as I say this for those of you watching on social media. Bill Belichick is going to be on the hot seat next season. Not this season, not the rest of this season. He's going to enter next season on the hot seat. That is how Robert Kraft feels about all this. That is my belief. Do you remember me saying this all off season? All off season, I said I do not believe Bill Belichick will be on the hot seat this year, but he will be in 2023. Here is why I said it then. Here is why I still believe it now. Bill Belichick has always done crazy things, right? He has always done questionable things. Things, things that the media and the pundits have disagreed with. He's gotten rid of legends like Logan Mankins and Ty Law and Richard Seymour. He's gotten rid of all those guys. Heck, he let Tom Brady go. He's had years where he hasn't had an offensive coordinator. He's had years where he hasn't had a defensive coordinator. He didn't bench Cam. He dra- he did this in the draft. Bill Belichick has always handled things his own way. And in the past, I'm sure Robert Kraft also raised a, a, a quizzical eye at some of these things, but they usually all worked out, right? It was in Bill We Trust. So Robert Kraft could look at it and go, hey, that was weird, but you know what? It really worked out for Bill. Hey, we did this thing that I didn't really get, but hey, we ended up in the AFC Championship game. So all the weird things that Bill Belichick has done, he's been able to overcome or has been able to justify by winning. Well, I said coming into this off season that I think Robert Kraft is at the point where he's starting to get fed up. That he's at least questioning, well, Bill's doing this weird stuff and now it's not paying off. I believe that coming into this year, Robert Kraft was watching with a more critical eye and we kind of knew that, I thought, based on what Robert Kraft said on March
2: 29th. I'm a Patriot fan, big time, first. And more than anything, it, it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in
0: the last three years. So March 29th, Robert Kraft is saying it bothers me more than anything we haven't won a playoff game in the last three years. He's telling you right then, I'm interested, I'm invested, and I'm aware of what's going on. And I believe from that moment forward, Robert Kraft was looking at all of Bill Belichick's moves a little more critically than he has in the past. And here's where we're at. We are at Robert Kraft looking critically. And then next year, I think that's when Bill Belichick gets served on notice. Like, hey, the stuff you used to do that I tolerated that used to work, it's not working anymore. Get it to work or that's it. That, that I believe, is the attitude that Robert Kraft will have in 2023. Bill Belichick's draft class this year has been very good. He's going to get brownie points for that. Robert Kraft will look kindly upon that. The Devontae Parker trade seems to be bringing back some reasonable dividends given all the circumstances. So I think those two Robert Kraft gives Bill Belichick some good brownie points for. But limited returns still out of a huge free agent class, right? Where's Hunter Henry? Where's John Smith? consistently? That's gonna give it be a knock against Belichick. Now the, the this quarterback issue, I believe, is gonna be a massive issue for Robert Kraft. And oh, by the way, the team is in last place. So the weird decisions they're starting to pile up. The scales are starting to tip in the favor of the negatives. And if you go through a season where this Patriots team wins, let's say they go eight and nine, and miss the playoffs. Robert Kraft will have Bill Belichick on notice next year. Hey, all your weird stuff that used to work, not working anymore. And now we're regressing, and oh, by the way, now we're in last. This this is this not, better fix it. If they win nine games, go nine and eight and get blasted in the playoffs again, I don't think Robert Kraft is real happy either. So when you ask me how Robert Kraft feels, I'm telling you straight up, Robert Kraft, I'm sure, is taking notes and keeping score on everything that Bill Belichick does this season because next season, that's when Robert Kraft is playing for ultimate keeps. Ultimate keeps. Those weird moves, those questionable moves, they are just not working out. And Bill Belichick is not above getting fired or not above being forced to resign. At some point, Vince Lombardi. At some point, Tom Landry. At some point, uh, George Hallis. At some point, Bill Cower, At some point, Dick Vermeil. At some point, all legendary coaches have either been fired or have walked away or have been forced to walk away. And Marv Levy and Bill Belichick is no different. We think he's untouchable, and he's untouchable this year. Robert Kraft, to me, is just looking at things critically this year. Next year, he's judging things critically, and that's the difference. But 2023, that to me is the true make-or-break year for Bill Belichick. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Okay, on a Monday, uh, we're going to unpack the Patriots here in about 15 minutes, but uh, let's get to who's saying
1: what. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did he say? Well, they have an expensive but totally unimpressive receiving core, and they have at absolute best at most charitable the ninth best quarterback in their own conference they really said that every damn thing is politics and race and i'm losing my mind over it it's time for who's saying what on the brady Parker show on wdev am fm and wdev
0: Who's Saying What is brought to you by Vermont Laser Wash. That's Central Vermont's home of unlimited car washes. If you want the unlimited car wash package, it's just $20 a month. If you want one free car wash just to try it out, well, just text the word Vermont to the number 30 and then 400. I got a couple of different people talking about the Patriots quarterback situation. I'm going to put a bow on. On that, let's hear from uh, Mike Tannenbaum, the former NFL executive now working with ESPN. This was him earlier this morning.
1: There's a short leash with Coach Belichick. If you spell something wrong, Ooh. if you write a bad scouting report, okay. If you're late for a meeting, that's like there's the standards, and you're gone. Like I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to embarrass you. You just won't be here.
0: So Mike Tannenbaum says that this is how Bill Belichick operates. Bill Belichick has a short leash, and I'm telling you that that to me. Not fair, that's that's the wrong way to put it. I'm telling you that these circumstances, it's too short for Mac Jones. I understand the interception yesterday was a really bad decision, right? It was a really bad decision, and I get that the Patriots are tired of that. But you've got to let Mac Jones play football and get the cobwebs out. Okay, Six passes in three series are not enough opportunities to do that. It's just not. It's just I get it. You want him to take care of the football. Maybe you're mad at him that he didn't take care of the football. That, to me, let him play because you have no idea, right? Mac Jones could go through the rest of that game, get the cobwebs out, and finish 24 of 33 for 310 and three touchdowns and just that pick, and we're talking about it differently. I need to see Mac Jones get an opportunity to shake the, the rust off, like Dak Prescott got like Russell Wilson got a year ago when he was hurt like Russell Wilson will get when he comes back to Denver from his from the from the hamstring injury okay like Zach Wilson got right Zach Wilson missed a couple of games this year when he came back he got a chance to play the entirety of a game this is what should be done the patriots Need to give Mac an opportunity. If Mac went through the whole game and threw four picks on four bad decisions and threw for 84 yards, that would be different. This was six passes, this was one quarter, and it was problematic that it was handled this way. Mac Jones hasn't played football in a month, and we're out here giving him giving him the equivalent to uh you know just giving him one quarter and three series. To me. Belichick can have a short leash all he wants, but Mac Jones deserves a little better than this. Uh, How about Jay Williams of uh, ESPN Radio, the former NBA player and former Duke University basketball standout? Yesterday's price is not today's price.
2: So, like, Mac Jones, what you did last year, you got your team to the playoffs, you got to your pro bowl that doesn't matter. You get into a pro Bowl, it doesn't matter. What have you done for me lately? And... I love when I see competition. I love when I see, oh, ain't nothing expected, nothing's given to you. So yeah, your lease was short last night, Mac Jones. You got yanked after throwing the ball six times and having an INT. Get in there, Bailey Zappy. Now, my question, Mac Jones, how do you respond?
0: I, I no, I don't love it. I and I'm not trying to be soft, and I'm not trying to be weak or whatever. I like competition also. And if I'm Bailey Zappy, if I'm looking at it from his standpoint, then yeah. I'd be thrilled. Hey, the coach isn't giving it to Mac. He's making him earn it. I'm getting my shot. If I'm Bailey Zappi, I'm loving what's transpiring. If I'm Mac Jones, this to me is not about competition. This to me is about – and I get it. He's right. Last year's price is not this year's price. What you did last year doesn't matter as much this year. But when you haven't played football for a month, you deserve more than than three series – to get out there and see what you're made of. Mac, at that point, is still trying to figure out, okay, how's my ankle? What are my limitations? What throws can I make? How about my mechanics? What are they doing defensively? I haven't seen a live defense in a month. Let me read them. Let me see this. Okay, the weather's kind of iffy. Okay, that guy dropped a pass. Hey, Trent Brown committed another penalty. Mac Jones deserved more than three series, and I will go to my grave thinking that. If he was cleared to play, he should have been allowed to play. But he wasn't. And so, no, I don't think this is... I don't think this is... I love competition. If I'm Bailey Zappy, I love competition. If I'm Mac, I'm wondering, what what do I got to do here? Bust my tail, be a leader, show up, never go on IR, fight to play, and then now this is how you're treating me? That, to me, all it's doing is making me insecure. It is not making me... It's not making me more competitive. It's just ticking me off, I think more than anything. It's the Brady Farkas show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEV Radio.com. Couple of people do think that the uh couple of people do think that Mac should be the guy moving forward. Where Troy Aikman said that last night on Sports Center and Mike Tannenbaum said it this morning on ESPN. Mac Jones to me should be the guy. But if he's going to be the guy, he's got to be given the freedom to play the position. And right now, I'm not sure that he has it. Again, I hope that I am right. I hope that Mac Jones and Bill Belichick had a handshake agreement that Mac would play but not the whole game. I still don't love that, but I like that better than Mac being benched and now I got questions abound. Right? I walked into this game thinking I had two question two quarterbacks. Now, I'm not sure I have either if that's the case, and that's a problem too. We'll unpack the Patriots next. Usually we do good things and bad things alternating. This one had a lot more bad. We'll break it all down. Patriots lose to the Bears. Now 3-4. and four. Unpacking the Patriots next on the Brady Farkas Show on DEV.
1: Welcome
0: back in. Brady Farkas Show here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. We'll unpack the Patriots here momentarily. Phil in Middlesex tells me to stop questioning Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is a part of teams with eight combined Super Bowl rings. Phil, you're right. And Bill Belichick largely gets a pass on what he does because of just that. That said, we need to recognize that there are some things that are worth questioning. And yo-yoing your players is something I think that you can question in any era. Right? Like, And when you yo-yo the quarterback, I think that that is a problem in any era. Bill Belichick gets away with a lot because of his winning track record. In Bill, we trust. In Bill, we trust. Well, guess what? In most of the time we were trusting Bill, he also had Tom Brady there to cover up anything else. And right now, he doesn't have that. Oh, Bill wants to sign Antonio Brown. That's weird. Hey, Tom's there. Oh, Bill wants to sign Josh Gordon. Oh, hey, what? That's kind of odd. Hey, Bill, uh, Tom's there. Hey, Bill's gonna roll out a lineup of Philip Dorsett and Nikhil Harry and whoever else. That's okay. Tom will find a way. Bill's gonna trade away this offensive lineman or that. This, but, but, Tom was there to cover up everything. And I'm not saying that everything Bill Belichick does is bad. The draft class this year, excellent. Devontae Parker trade working. Completely agree with both of those things. But how you handle your players not knowing who's gonna play quarterback, that doesn't that seems like very collegiate to me. And it seems bad collegiate to me as well. Look look at Bill Belichick, right? Let's just be, let's just be straight here. Tom Brady left after 2019. The Patriots have gone 20 and. Let's see. 20 and 9. They've gone 20 and 20 in the regular seasons without Tom Brady. And they got beaten in the playoffs. So what's that, 20 and 21 in the last two years plus since Tom Brady left? They went 7 and 9. Then they went 10 and 7. So that makes you. 17 and 16. now you're three and four that's 20 and 20 plus he got beaten the wild card round last year by Buffalo so in Bill we trust all you want but without Tom Brady under 500 under 500 in the last three years and again I don't I don't tend to go this far back but you look at it in Cleveland Bill Belichick was there for one two three four five years. And guess what? He had a winning season one of them. So Bill Belichick without Tom Brady in his career has had two winning seasons, 1994 and 2021. 5 seasons in Cleveland, 3 without Brady in New England, and he's got he's got winning winning records in two of them. So, yes, Bill Belichick is part of eight rings. He's a great coach. He's the best in history. It doesn't mean he's immune from criticism, and it doesn't mean that he is immune from doing things wrong. And what we saw last night was wrong. Either... Bill and Mac have an agreement that no one else knows about and the lack of communication is a problem. Either Mac got benched and Bill has an incredibly short leash, which I think is a problem. Bill thinks Mac stinks, in which case Bill drafted Mac too high, and that's a problem. All of the, No matter how you slice it, yesterday is a problem. Yesterday was a problem for the Patriots. The Patriots got beat on their own field by 19 points by among the worst offenses in the NFL by a quarterback that was completing 55% of his passes, and you got beat by nearly three touchdowns. You got absolutely boat raced. This is not just a scenario where we sit here and say, it's okay, Bill's all good. This is a scenario where we question Bill Belichick, where we wonder what's going on, where we say, man, that's kind of odd, because it was kind of odd. Does it mean the Patriots can't rebound? No, but the show is today. Hey, the show is today. If you want me to take off until January 25th and we can come back and judge the the entirety of the season, then I then I'll gladly take a 3-month vacation. But the show is today and today there are decisions worth questioning. Maybe next week the Patriots will have beaten the Jets 40 to 10 and I'll come here and eat my words. And if they win 40 to 10, I will eat my words. I'm pretty good at that. When I'm wrong, I will gladly tell you that I was wrong. However, the show is today, and right now I'm not wrong. Right now, this is a problem. Players. Bill Belichick got asked constantly today about the quarterback. That's a distraction. Bailey Zappi was on WEI in Boston today. He's asked about, when did you know you were playing? Did you know you were starting? Have you ever been involved in something like this? That They're not talking about football. They're talking about this. Guys in the locker room, Ramondre Stevenson is saying, "I didn't know that Zappy was playing." Jacoby Myers is saying, "I'm so, is, is saying I feel bad for what happened to Mac." That's Jacoby Myers, one of your offensive leaders in the locker room, saying, "I feel bad for what happened to Mac Jones tonight." One unnamed player went up to Mac and apologized for what happened to him. We're not talking about football right now. We're talking about this, and this is something that Belichick created. Bill Belichick had ample time to say Mac Jones is our starter and be committed to him, or he had ample ample opportunity to say, you know what, we really like the kid, we're rolling with him. But he didn't do either of those things. Instead, he's created this. This is now a controversy because of what Bill Belichick is doing. I've been telling you for weeks, Nothing to see here, Mac's the guy, Mac should be the guy. The only reason we're still talking about this is because Bill Belichick won't announce Mac as the guy or just won't come out and say that Zappy's going to be the guy. So don't give me the whole Bill has eight rings thing. Yeah, he does. He's great and he's going to the Hall of Fame. That said, that said, one winning season in New England without Tom and one winning se- season in Cleveland without Tom. Maybe Bill without Tom just isn't as good. 802-585-3026. Bob in Moncton says, Brady, happy birthday. Happy 40th. I'm not 40. I'm 33. Thank you very much. And he says, time for new coaching blood next year. I I wouldn't go that far. But what I think the Patriots need is I think they've needed – some different voices in there that are outside the Belichick tree, or they need somebody that has the power to counter Belichick, and I don't know that they have that. I think Bill Belichick has a bunch of yes men. That's what I think. A bunch of people who can't push back on him. He's got former players like Gerard Mayo, and I don't know that he's just a total yes-man. I've heard nothing but good things about Mayo. But you have a former player in Mayo and a former player in Troy Brown. These guys are certainly indebted to you in your way of doing things because it worked for them. You've got your kids on the staff. Your kids aren't pushing back on you. And you've got a bunch of retreads who you've helped revitalize their career. Do you think that Joe Judge and Matt Patricia – are calling out Bill Belichick. You got a couple of fired head coaches that are lucky to have jobs. I doubt they're calling out Bill Belichick. So everybody's just giving Belichick unwielding power and I don't know that that's healthy either. We're 20 minutes away from Jazz with George Thomas. We're about 20 seconds away from unpacking the Patriots. Cue the Music! Oh, we got to get the sounder. We forgot about that. Which
1: Patriots popped? To the 30, to the 20. He is end, zone,
2: bound. Pick six, touchdown, Patriots.
1: And which ones flopped? Jones steps up in the pocket, unloads a deep ball, and it's intercepted. That'll put the cherry on top. We unpack the Patriots now on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM and WDEVradio.com. Look,
0: usually we alternate, right? We alternate good and bad. They're not a whole lot of good in this one. The Patriots had their doors blown off by a bad football team. 33-14 to 14 on your home field. They're not a whole lot to write home about, this, about from this one that was positive. So we're just going to run through all the things that happened. Number one, Patriots and Bailey Zappi, they saw what life is like on the other side of the coin in this one. Okay. While all of you were catching Zappy fever over the last few weeks, I was warning you about the reality of the situation. Bailey Zappy was benefiting tremendously from some non-repeatable things. His defense giving him an immense amount of turnovers forced every game. His defense giving him short fields on almost every possession. His great running game, which was there to help his passing game. Well, yesterday, the Pats did had done to them what they've been doing to everybody else. And you see now just how hard it is to overcome when you play that way. Pats' defense struggled yesterday. The run game only accounted for 70 yards. The Pats themselves committed four turnovers. You can't win that way. You can't play the game that way. And Bailey Zappi got a first-hand class yesterday in what happens when you don't have all the cushiness. Most of NFL life, is not spent getting the ball back after a turnover and getting the ball at the opponent's 35 and only having to go five yards for an automatic field goal. That's not how the game is played, and Bailey Zappi saw that yesterday firsthand. Remember what the Patriots did to Jared Goff two weeks ago? Remember what the Patriots did to Jacoby Brissett last week? That is what was done to them last week. The Patriots were, or last night, the Patriots were made one dimensional. The Patriots defense was neutralized. Pats didn't have the run game, and the quarterback couldn't overcome. Welcome to the NFL, kid. That's your welcome to the NFL moment. Right there. The life is not always cushy. You're going to have to come from behind. You can't always play with a lead. You can't, you're can't. you going to have to go 85 yards into a scoring drive instead of 35. It was a great learning experience for Zappi, but for everybody that thinks Zappi is the sole answer for the Patriots, when you play like that, nobody can win, him especially. Number two, let's go to the defense, right? We've given our shot at the offense for right now. Let's go to the defense. Third down defense was horrific. You want to look at NFL stat. Like you want to look at a box score. If you ever don't watch a game, go look at the box score and look at a handful of categories. Turnovers, penalties, third down defense, and I can probably generate from those things who won a football game. The Bears went eleven of 16 on third down. Among the worst offenses in the NFL, the Chicago Bears went 11 of 16 on third down. I saw Justin Fields complete passes on third and seven, third and 16. He ran it on third and 14. Cardinal sin in the NFL is third down defense being bad. And when you allow third downs to be converted, well, obviously the chains move. The team gets a better chance at scoring. And then. All of a sudden, by the end of the game, you look at it and see the Patriots never even had the football. They never even had the football. Chicago had the ball for 15 minutes more than the Patriots. You could attribute that directly to what happened on third down. The chains kept moving for the Bears. The Pats stayed on the sideline. Chicago ran 22 more plays than the Patriots did yesterday. They had the ball for 15 minutes. Who wins the game when time of possession is 37 to 23? Usually, the team with 37. Pats couldn't overcome it. 11 of 16 on third down is completely unacceptable. You just held the number one offense in the NFL to zero points, and then held the number one rushing attack of the NFL to a you know to a to a, a bad offensive performance, and you let the Bears come in and go 11 of 16 on third down. Not good. Number three, the fumble by Jacoby Myers was absolutely game-changing. I love Myers. Jacoby Myers is my favorite Patriot. You you all know that. But his fumble at the end of the first half was a critical development in this loss. Pats were down 7-14 with over a minute to play in the first half. Pats were starting to drive. They had a chance to come down. Could have kicked a field goal and tied the game at 17. Could have taken the lead if they were able to score a touchdown. They had the Bailey Zappi momentum at that point. And then Jacoby Myers fumbles. And then Justin Fields gets a dose of what Zappy had been getting the last few weeks. Short field, kick a field goal, go up 20 to 14, get the ball back to start the second half. Another field goal, 23-14. The Pats could have gone into the locker room at halftime up and instead, but before they touch the ball next, they're down nine. Jacoby Myers fumble did all that. And I don't think it was on Zappy. That looked like a pretty good handoff that was right in his gut. The momentum was lost at that point. Chicago got the confidence. You go again from possibly tied or winning to down nine before you even touch the ball again. Number four, I don't like to call myself a genius very often, but I was a genius about some of what we saw last night. What I told you needed to happen and what I told you you needed to focus on, it went the opposite way, right? We do wants versus needs on Friday. I said I want to see the Patriots control Justin Fields' legs. Guess what? They didn't, and guess what? They got blown out. I said, I want to see them control Fields' legs. Couldn't do it, and you saw the difference. The Bears came in with a great rushing attack. The Bears came in with a god-awful passing attack. I figured both of those things would largely remain true yesterday. The tiebreaker was going to be Justin Fields' legs. If you stopped it, then you were going to be in good shape. If you didn't, it could be a long night. You couldn't, it was a long night. 11 designed runs for fields, nearly 100 yards rushing overall, scored a touchdown. A lot of those third-down conversions were the direct result of his athleticism. Right? You couldn't corral him in the backfield, so he runs it up for 15 yards. You couldn't corral him in the backfield, now the the receivers are scrambling, they get open, and boom, there's a third-down conversion. Ding, ding, ding. Brady, what lost the Patriots the game? Turnovers, third down defense, and Justin Fields likes. And hey, while I'm taking victory laps, I'd like to remind you that yesterday is exactly why I wanted the Patriots to draft Justin Fields last year. I said it all along. Mac Jones isn't special. Justin Fields is special. And while he has struggled in his situation, last night offered the glimpse of why he can be special. That athleticism. You can't teach it, you can't coach it, and you don't have it. And that is a problem, right? In today's NFL, my quarterback's got to be able to make some plays outside the pocket or on improv or on broken plays. Justin Fields can do it. He may not have elite wide receivers. He may not have a good offensive line, but he has that, and that can cover up for some of it. And if he was in New England with the structure they've typically had, I think he'd be much, much better. Justin Fields is the guy I wanted in the draft. It wasn't Trey Lance. It wasn't Zach Wilson. It wasn't Mac Jones. And I knew the Pats wouldn't get Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields, the guy we saw last night, that's the guy I wanted all along. I also said you can't let Roquan Smith be a difference maker. And guess what? Roquan Smith was a difference maker. Outside of Eddie Jackson, Most people have never heard of anybody else on the Chicago Bears defensive line or defensive uh, alignment, Robert Quinn. I guess there's a few, but bottom line, Roquan Smith is their guy. He had a, he ended the game with a pick, a sack, a tackle for loss, and he had 12 tackles. When the other team has limited resources and limited star power, you've got to account for it. And the Pats didn't. Uh, Trent Brown had four penalties. That was horrific and embarrassing. Usually it's the Isaiah Wynn show. On penalties yesterday, Trent Brown decided to take that from him. Uh, let's see. And Mac needs to make better decisions. I've defended Mac. I think he should have played. He does need to make better decisions. This this has been a thing this year. I still think he's better than Zappy. I still don't think he deserves better. But you can't be floating balls up into traffic in the NFL. This is not the uh, Jacksonville Pop Warner league where Mac could get away with that. This is the NFL. You can't get away with it here. Uh, If you're looking for a good thing, I got two of them. One. Devontae Parker played well bunch tight to the right with Stevenson in the backfield with Parker left a play fake by Zappi and a deep
2: drop he's looking left, left he's throwing a long ball for Devontae Parker who leaps and makes the catch inside the 10 another hookup by Zappi to Parker
0: first and goal to go at the 7 yeah Parker played well he had three catches so it's all relevant but he had three catches he had a couple of big plays We talked about those 50-50 balls at the beginning of the year. He is turning them into the 80-20 balls that he wanted. I give Devontae Parker credit. The other thing, Patriots uniforms look pretty good. I'm a huge fan of the all blue. I love the color rush uniforms. I wasn't a fan of them going to the gray pants. I like that they were gray pants, though, and not silver pants. When we look at the Patriots with Tom Brady, they were wearing silver pants. These were much more muted. They were much more gray, and I thought they looked sharp. So... Yeah, when I look at the Pats in the past, I'm looking right now, right? They seem very silvery. Yesterday, I thought they looked more gray. Someone can correct me on that if you want. I do see some Brady in kind of what we had yesterday, but I don't know. They just look different to me. I thought the Pats looked – they looked better than they played. That's for sure. That's unpacking the Patriots here on WDEB. By the way, this is now a logistical nightmare for me. I have – Eight minutes worth of commercials still to play and only eight minutes left in the show. I'm not going to saddle you with eight-minute commercial breaks, so I'm going to have to work some kind of voodoo magic and move some things somewhere else in the night. But uh, that's that's my problem, not yours. Uh, I will tell you this before Jazz with George Thomas comes on. One, I had a great birthday yesterday. Uh, those of you that reached out a lot of you did on the text line I actually got a card from one of our listeners at wdev which is impressive because i don't ever remember saying when my birthday was but Marsha, she knew and uh wrote me a handwritten note so thank you to everybody who commented on my birthday so uh very nice had a very good weekend just planned a lot of fun stuff i'd seen my parents the weekend before so got a chance to do a lot of stuff and uh That was great and enjoyed it. Went out last night and watched the Patriots game at Buffalo Wild Wings in South Burlington, and it was a collective uh, group of unhappy people. That's exactly what it was yesterday. So um, there's that. And, uh, by the way, tomorrow, speaking of birthdays, tomorrow is the two-year birthday of this show. That's right. Brady Farkas' show is two years old tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do to celebrate. It's really just, uh, you know, it's a limited crew in here, so I don't know. if There's going to be party hats and all that, but I'm celebrating with you all in spirit. It's been two great years. We've grown a lot. I think the show has gotten a lot better over the two years. I think our guest list continues to be great. The text line has been a great uh, invention for us. We've changed up some of the segments. We've incorporated Tom, Karen, and Buster, and all and Bob. And it's all been awesome. So tomorrow, two years, two years for us here on the Brady Farkas Show. Thanks for, uh, I'll probably get a little more emotional about it tomorrow, but thanks to everybody who's ridden the wave with us to this point. Uh, All right, I got rid of eight minutes of commercials. You got to hear a few minutes, though. And uh, we're going to kick it over to Jazz with George Thomas. So that's going to do it for us. The show is brought to you in part by Pro Driver Training. That's Pro Driver Training online at prodrivercdl.com. They are your Home to get your Class A CDL, your Class B CDL, your passenger or advanced skills training as well. And you can also uh, get book work and real-life application of that book work. So uh, that's ProDriverCDL.com. The podcast is available. So is our Bob Sosie interview at uh, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Patriots and Jets are coming up on Sunday. Short week now. Nah, you got a flush yesterday, but we're not going to flush the quarterback controversy. That's certainly Going to be with us for sure. Uh, Tom, Karen, Freddie Coleman, we'll hear a little bit from them tomorrow. Tom Brennan as well. So another full show for our two-year anniversary. And uh, we'll do it all tomorrow, about 22 and a half hours from now. All right, George Thomas is beating down the door to get in. I I asked him if I could take his time slot so I could rail about the Patriots more. He told me, no, I got to play Cat Stevens today, so uh, I'll just have to bottle up this energy uh, for tomorrow. Brady Farkas show out. I'm going to try to calm down after the Pats loss on DEV.